0: Focus on the Family Canada wants to help you discover the 12 essential traits that make up a great marriage. That's why we've created the Focus Marriage Assessment Tool. If you want to identify your strengths and find ways to help you build a strong marriage, this assessment is for you. And guess what? It's free. Get your spouse, go online, and take the marriage assessment today at www.focusonthefamily.ca slash marriageassessment. That's focusonthefamily.ca slash marriageassessment.
1: This is not about you being less than. This is about you being fully who you were created to be. Spread your wings and soar. A great marriage is always one that has room for us to grow into the fullness of who we were created to be and bring all of our gifts to the table.
2: That's Bob Paul, and he joins us today on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly, along with Dr. Greg Smalley, and we're going to be talking about marriage. And uh, thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller. John, I am so pleased to
3: have Bob and Greg back with us today. And if you missed the discussion last time, I think you got to get the download, you know, get the app for your smartphone. Call us, we'll tell you what you need to do to to listen in. But it was good stuff and these two men have put together I think a powerful treatise on the issue of marriage. And you know, both of them work with couples. Uh, Bob of course is leading the team at Hope Restored, which is our 4-day intensive program, and he sees a lot of stuff. He runs the Clinician That's his job. And he gets to uh, really uh, peer into those counseling sessions and see what's happening with folks. And he's brought all of that wisdom, along with Greg, uh, into this great book, Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage. But the wonderful news is there's truths
2: that will save your marriage, and that's what we're going to cover today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, we'll encourage you to call us for a copy of that great book. Uh, Our number is 800 the letter a in the word family or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. Uh, as you said, Jim Bob directs our Hope Restored Marriage Intensives. We have three locations, and more details, of course, online. Uh, Greg heads up our marriage team here at Focus and has been here almost ten years.
3: Bob and Greg, welcome back to Focus. Oh, thank you. It's good to be with you. It's always, always good. good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you here. Honestly, and and I'm so appreciative of the the work that you do to strengthen marriages uh, through the efforts here at Focus. You guys both, you're kind of the the kingpins of that effort, and I'm grateful to both of you. So thank you. I mean, hundreds, if not thousands of couples have been saved, their marriages saved because of the work you've done and the Holy Spirit working through you. So I can't uh, you know, say thank you enough for that sacrifice and what you do for this ministry and for the Lord, more importantly. So it is great. Um, let's pick up with a little recap from last time. We covered, I think, four of the lies. Uh, why don't you
4: take two each and Greg, we'll start with you. Yeah. So the first lie that we talked about last time is all about the pursuit of happiness. So the lie is that the goal, the end in mind for a marriage is to feel happy. Like watch any program to where you see parents saying, hey, you know what I really want for my kids is for them to be... happy." Fill in the blank. Happy. (laughs) And it drives me crazy. And I think that's a part of where we buy into this lie. When, when I hear that, I scream out to my kids, no, I do not want you to be happy. I want you guys to grow. And that's a big part of what we're trying to help couples to do is to move away from the pursuit of happiness to more the pursuit of, of growing. Well, as Paul how, how- said, contentment. Hmm. Right? right
3: that's a great goal be right. content in all
4: things right what's Absol- number 2 so the number 2 you see this in a lot of weddings the unity candle so you you have two candles You light the center and then you blow out the individuals. And the problem is, is what that means to couples is that the focus now is on the marriage. The two individuals have been blown out. They don't really matter that much. And the reality is that all three have to matter. There's me, there's my wife, Erin, and there's our marriage. And we have to invest a lot of time and effort and energy into all three of those.
1: And then the third one is we call it all you need is love and In some respects, that's really true. As with all the lies, there's uh, kernels of truth in each of them. But where we see people really struggling is either going toward thinking that love is magical and mystical and the chemistry has to be there, and if it leaves, you're sunk, or that it's just about a hardcore decision, and I'm going to just decide to do loving things and hope feelings follow. And what we're saying where the problem is, is that love actually comes from God. We do not manufacture it, and it's really about open being open and available to his love coming in us and through us. And then the last one was about sacrificing. And the lie is not that we are to sacrifice for a marriage we are, but not sacrifice who we are because we were created on purpose with purpose. God created us intentional with great ends in mind for us and the contribution we can make to his kingdom. And we are to sacrifice by giving and investing what we have of value generously in. Into our spouse, yeah, and that's a good recap. And again, if you're hearing something, going, "Wait a minute, wait a minute," uh,
3: listen to the program from uh, yesterday, and that'll be more defined uh, when it comes to the unity of marriage, etc. And I think what's really good for both uh, Greg and. Bob, they're getting us to think about these traditions that we share and then how rooted is it in Scripture. And that's a good thing to do. All right, let's move on. Uh, Codependency, I want a definition of that. And then lie number five uh, is you must meet each other's needs. Now, generally, that seems pretty reasonable, (laughs) but maybe not every need. That would be the issue. But talk about codependency. What's the definition of that? And then how does lie number five apply?
1: Codependency, really, as we look at it. Now, I know uh, we throw around that term, and I'm known for speaking a lot of psychobabble based on my profession. And it's when, it's when we technically see our spouse as the source, that they are the source of what we need. And when I look to Jenny, my wife of almost 40 years, to be the source of my fulfillment, the source of my satisfaction, I'm putting a responsibility and a burden on her that is not meant for her. That God truly is my source, not Jenny. And God—it it is in God that I'm supposed to find the fulfillment of my being not in Jenny. Can Jenny contribute? Absolutely. Can I contribute to Jenny? Yes, but I don't want Jenny to be responsible. Actually, I found now after all these years working with couples that virtually all marriage issues are a result of misplaced responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Either taking too much responsibility for things that are not mine to be responsible for, or not taking adequate responsibility for that which is my responsibility. Mm. And what we want to encourage people to do is be full-functioning adults. God created me as a grown man, not when I was a child, but as a grown man, fully responsible for the care and well-being of this temple, his temple, entrusted to my care, physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And when I looked to Jenny, I was a soul, a card-carrying codependent.
3: Yeah. And again, I hope this is registering with you, especially if you're struggling in your marriage. It doesn't need to be that way. And the great news is, and I'm proud of this. If you hear me say it often, uh, it's because I mean it. post-two-year success rate at Hope Restored. It's an awesome thing. And just to do a little break from the content, let me ask you guys, when – and Bob, this is directed to you. You're directing the counselors there. The couples that come in, a lot of them are really at the, the end of the rope. This is it. They've decided to say, okay, we'll do Hope Restored, and if it doesn't work, we're getting a divorce. But something miraculous happens with many of the couples. Not everyone, and I get that, but there is something there. Is it communication? What is the secret that is going on when those couples who would not hold hands on day one are holding hands on day four? What is actually transferring their relationship? What do you see most often?
1: You know, it's a great question, and it's really not one thing. Let me tell you what the core of it is. Uh, There's one question that we ask all the couples that they must answer yes to for us to be willing to work with them. And the question is, if God was to work a miracle in your marriage, would you accept it? And we say the miracle could be the magnitude of the parting of the Red Sea for all we care. And many of the couples that come to us are desperately needing a miracle, not a little fix, not a Band-Aid, a miracle. And the reason that our program works is because we realize that as good as my team is, and I've got some unbelievably skilled therapists on the team that God has blessed us with, but none of us are miracle workers. We know who the miracle worker is. And the key for us is to help couples see the obstacles that often they have inadvertently placed between themselves and the Lord. Hmm. And when they identify them, what we're able to do, if they choose, is to help move those obstacles out of the way so the Holy Spirit has free unhindered access to their hearts and whether it's helping them with communication, whether it's helping them with problem solving, whether it's helping them with caring for the temple, it doesn't really matter what the issue is. If God is in the place he's supposed to be, he is so dedicated to go, to showing up there and meaningfully transforming
3: let me hit a phrase and get your response before we move on to lie number seven Um, and that is irreconcilable differences the courts kind of created this terminology and you hear couples that are in a dark place use that phrase Mm -hmm. we just have irreconcilable differences i mean you want to go what everybody does It's called being human. But, you know, there are serious applications to that where the fighting is terrible, the disagreements over whatever it might be. But speak to irreconcilable differences. Why is that so damaging?
4: Well, when you even look at the word, it means incapable of being brought into harmony. Exactly opposite of the gospel
3: right? and what the Lord wants.
4: And so that's the goal. That's what they're trying to figure is, how do we come into this harmony? And all we're saying is, listen, God created you on purpose with purpose. A part of that purpose is that differences. That's how he made us. We are so different, and that's a beautiful thing. Differences are never the problem. That's the beauty. It's that's how you the gift. Them. It's how you manage them. And utilize them. Yeah. Right. Well, in that context, this is always the perplexing idea
3: that God and you, you know, you got to tread carefully, say, God, were you sure when you created marriage, you wanted to have opposites attract, which is like 80, 90% of the rule, right? But it also is the very thing that
1: teaches us to
3: be more like him.
1: Well, it exposes the things where it right. need work. Oh. Nobody can expose my issues as effectively as Jenny. <laughs> you know, when they bump, when the differences bump. You know, it really is where the opportunities is where God meets me and says, "Hey, you know that little place you just saw there? That's really not like me. Hey, if you and I could just kind of hang there for a little bit, I think we could get this to a better place." Yeah. And I, and
3: I love that. Well, let's move to number seven. And uh, we're cooking now as we move into the last part of the program. Uh, lie number seven is, I'm going to make you love me. Uh, and that's the lie that if I just try hard enough, you'll see how wonderful I am. <laughs> Man, I my heart goes out. I think this, it's definitely not necessarily a gender thing, but I could feel a lot of wives, particularly a lot of women, have that desire because they want that bonding. They're, they're made for that bonding. And they're sitting there going, if I could just do things better, I'm sure he'll
4: love me more. Why do you got to be careful with that? Well, the lie is is that as long as we have love and as long as we are committed to each other for a lifetime, that's it. I mean, we've, we've got the necessary the ingredients to make a marriage work. And that's why when Aaron and I were early in our marriage and we so were struggling, well, we were... As believers, We were going to church. We had lifelong commitment. We loved each other, and it wasn't working. It was so confusing. And then one day I finally began to understand there was something else that was so important. And I actually saw this in one of those little roly-poly bugs, you know, the ones that if you flick it, you know, this little bug will roll up into this tight little ball. What's interesting is that if you try to take that bug and pry it open, you'll kill it. And that's how God created our heart, is that when when we don't feel safe in our marriage and we instantly, like that little bug, our heart rolls up. And what I began to understand with Aaron is that, yeah, we we loved each other. We had lifelong commitment, but my wife felt so unsafe with me. The way that I was showing up, the way I was trying to get her to love me in certain ways made her feel so unsafe that she was like that little bug, so rolled up tight. Her heart was so tight, and it actually had begun to harden. And one of the things that that I began to learn is that love is necessary, commitment is necessary, but Aaron and me both feeling safe. When we feel safe with each other, then our hearts open. Like that little bug, that bug will begin to open back up when it feels the threat is gone. And that's why I never knew that. I never understood how important the idea of feeling safe. How do we create a marriage that feels like one of the safest places on earth? That became the goal. And that began a very different relationship for Aaron and I. Now we started to work on how do we create safety within our marriage.
1: And what we realized when we started... Presenting these ideas to the couples that we work with is that um, and how central this is we basically say if you can't remember Anything yeah. that you hear this week and except for one If you can remember to make safety the center of the target safety and security at the center of the target Because what actually happens to your point is that when people begin to truly feel deeply and profoundly safe and secure We just always relax and open up and when two hearts that are open, are in close proximity to each other, that intimacy and the connection we're longing for happens naturally. But when people feel unsafe and insecure, they're guarded. And there's something that hinders, as a result, the ability to truly connect in that way that our hearts are longing for.
2: This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
0: As families continue to self-isolate because of COVID-19, the need for the gospel of Jesus Christ is needed in our homes now more than ever. That's why Focus on the Family is providing a free four-week trial of the Adventures and Odyssey Club, where families can listen to the full Odyssey library of over 800 episodes, daily devotions, and more. The sign-up process is easy and no credit card is required. In addition, we have just released a new online streaming service called Focus at Home. Focus at Home brings hours of biblically-based, family-friendly entertainment created by Focus on the Family movies and audio adventures, readings of best-selling children's books, biblical lessons straight from the Holy Land, and more. Best of all, this will be free of charge during the COVID-19 crisis. For more resources to help your family thrive in these uncertain times, please visit focusonthefamily.ca. That's focusonthefamily.ca.
2: Often
3: in advertising, you'll hear terms like no obligation. But what does that mean? Hi, I'm Danny Deeks, and at Deeks Insurance, no obligation means we'd be happy to go over your insurance coverage and talk about your needs and options with no pressure to buy. And you could benefit either from potential savings on premiums or by getting a better understanding of your policy. Give us a call today at 1-800-240-5283
2: or visit us on the web at deeksinsurance.ca. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Um,
3: Moving to, to love line number eight, your love is driving me crazy. I think you have a story about that with a couple named Jeff and Michelle. So, and this relates to emotions, so connect those dots for us. What was their problem, and what was the solution?
4: Well, their problem was the same problem that I had early in my <laughs> marriage. And what happened was that any time that Aaron would feel intensely about something, have intense emotions, I thought my job was to solve that, to fix that, to get her not feeling so intense and to feel better, to feel laugh, to whatever. And so my job became managing her emotions, and there, I'll never forget the day that, that as Aaron came home and just said, man, I had a really tough interaction with a good friend of mine out of the blue. And she was frustrated with me, yelling at me. And instantly, I jump in and say, well, here, well here's what you need to do. You need to call her back. And then if you say this and, and frame it this way. And she finally looked at me and she said, D- seriously, do you think I'm an idiot? Like, do you think that I couldn't come up with that on my own? Every time that I tried to move her away from feeling whatever, Believing that my, you know, and my job is to keep her from falling off the deep end because as she gets so emotional, she's eventually going to you know somewhere that's not going to be good. And it sent the message that one, you're incapable of handling, managing your emotions. It put me in a role of thinking I needed to do that, and and therefore we would always get into an argument. Yeah. I kind like, of created that codependency, Right. Yeah. Versus really learning a very, very different way. Instead of trying to fix her emotions, solve some sort of problem, get her feeling differently. What if I just started to care about how she felt? And then what if that became my goal? And I'm telling you, that's one of the greatest things that we see within the marriage intensives. And that well, what we've written in the book is a method to actually help couples instead of trying to solve and, and get away from emotions. How do you actually embrace that so that you can use those emotions to feel a deeper sense of connection and, right. and intimacy?
3: And Bob, you, you developed that heart talk concept. So I think you did. What is the heart talk concept? I think Greg. And yeah, talking about it. Well, exactly. it
1: starts off, as Greg is saying, recognizing that feelings were created by God. Every single one of them, there really is no such thing as a good feeling and a bad feeling, like it's a moral issue. There are pleasant feelings and unpleasant feelings, mm. certainly, but they're not bad. They are, they are data. Feelings, and this, I'm speaking to the guys now because gals get this better than guys do typically. Feelings are raw data. They are just to they they're informers. They're not decision makers because we've got our heart, which is the data center. We've got our head, which is the interpreter and the processor strategizer. And then we got hands which carry out the marching orders. If you haven't honored the data, you've got nothing for the processor to work with. You've got no good information. So for instance, pain, it's easy to think that pain is a problem. Well, pain is telling you something important. If you feel no pain, you've got a problem. You can't care for this temple. So, th- so what we're saying is listen to the feelings and listen to them as important data. And Heart Talk is about hearing each other's hearts, honoring the feelings for what they are, not catering to them, not indulging them, but valuing them as critical information. And we teach people how to do that safely so that nobody feels that they regret sharing who they are and their essential vulnerabilities with one another
3: that's that is good input all of these they're really good let's get to the last one we're right at the end here uh it's the love lie that surrounds compromise now compromise sounds like a good thing in a relationship i give a
1: little you take a little and so on why is that wrong well you know the problem with it is that there's always going to be a loser or both of you will lose And, you know, and I believe that, you know, one of my passions in life is I'm really big on winning. I will go to great lengths to win. And I couldn't understand why in my relationship with Jenny, every time differences would bump, that even when I got my way, I felt like I was a loser. <laughs> Welcome to Marriage 101.
0: Yeah. And, and I, so, I
3: don't
1: need to be a clinician to <laughs> tell you that. Yeah, I was so frustrated. What was the problem? You need to put Jim to work yeah. inside the dentist. <laughs> Come on, more Right. Anyway, so what I, what I finally realized, God broke through one time and he helped me to see that by his design, marriage is a team sport. And when you're on the t- same team, you either both win or you both lose. There is no such thing as a win lose outcome in marriage ever. It's purely an illusion from the pit of hell. Because if anybody, I mean, I asked my son once in a conversation I had with him, because we were we were locking horns on something, and I overcame him, and he surrendered to me, and then I saw that I just destroyed him emotionally. And what I realized was that that God helped me to see how to rectify that. I went up to him, and I said, hey, son, he was playing Little League Baseball at the time. He was 13. I said, he played with a kid named Chucky, and I said, is there ever a time when you win and Chucky loses? He said, No. He said, how about Chucky wins and you lose? He said, no. I said, how come? He said, Dad, we're on the same team. I said, exactly, son. I lost in that interaction with you because I'm your teammate, not your adversary. And what happened was I walked away for several days thinking about my marriage and finally the light bulb went off. And I saw for the first time that I set up virtually every single interaction I had with Jenny when a difference was at play, just like that one I did with Chris. And marriage is a team sport. And therefore, if either feels compromised, let's use that word, if either feels compromised, less than like they had to give in that we lose as a team. And since that point to this day, which is 20 something years now, I've adopted, we as an organization, have what we call a no losers policy. And I've made it 100% unacceptable for either Jenny or me to ever walk away from any interaction feeling like we lost because if either do, we both do. Mm.
3: It sounds impractical at some point though, just to challenge you a little bit. And and I I like the winning side of being on the same team. But when you get to a decision or an impasse, how how does one person not feel like I had to give in?
1: Well, you want to know the the, the cool thing about this is that it seems like I've been on the front side of a difference with Jenny more times than I can get where I said, okay, God, no way humanly possible. We're going to come up with a win-win on this one. And to date, when we've Use the principles we teach, I have never been right once. Now, I might have been right that there was no way humanly possible, but we serve a God who is devoted to unity. And if we get out of his way, I mean, he lives in a perfect triune unified relationship. If we get out of his way, he will miraculously at times take us to a situation we both feel great about. It might not be what either one of you imagined you'd settle for at the beginning, but he will not leave a couple in disunity if we will allow him to take over and have his way with us. And I sat back at times and went, how the heck did you pull that off?
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're right at the end. I love that statement. We're right at the end, Greg. I'll turn it to you for that couple. You know, both a husband and a wife um, who are listening or watching on YouTube, and they're saying, "Boy, three of those nine hit me," hmm. and they're feeling a little um, maybe distant now. They're, what do I do? Tell them what they can do today.
4: To improve where they're at yeah the good news is bob just said we have a god that has given us this gift of marriage who so is fighting in your corner for your marriage to know you're not alone he's always for you he is and we're for you and we have amazing counselors we have bob and his clinical team with within the hope restored program that there's options as you begin to go whoa Yeah, I've bought into this one and I've bought into this one. Well, get the book and you can begin to really start to study and understand and reread going, oh, my goodness, the the light bulb is coming off. The the veil has been lifted and you can start to make slow steps. The worst question you can ever ask is, how do I have a better marriage? Because it takes two the best question is, God, how can I be a better husband? How can I be a better wife? What is within my control? And that's really what we're laying out for you in the book. We're giving you simple ways that you can make some adjustments that you can make some different choices that will begin to make a difference. You have such amazing influence on your marriage. And sometimes all it is is some awareness and then, okay, so what do I do about that? And that's exactly what we've given you within this book. And it's so good. Uh, Both of you have done such a
3: great job with this content. I hope this book does wonderfully because it means people are engaging in their marriage and trying to do it better. And we're here for you, as Greg just said. Thanks so much for the hard labor of putting this together and for everything you do every day here at Focus on the Family. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. And thanks for giving us an opportunity to serve this ministry and to serve the kingdom here. Serve the people. That's what it's about. Let me turn to you, the listener, the viewer. Um, Your marriage might be a challenge. And here's the reality. All of our marriages at times can be a challenge. But uh, we want to be here for you. We want to help you through that. Uh, we said it last time, there are mountaintop experiences and then there's valleys. And the key is walking through them together, learning and growing, and becoming better in marriage. That's what the Lord wants from us. And those times of learning are really important. The downtimes are as important as the mountaintops. And I, I can uh, attest to that. Gene and I have had those struggles. And I'm telling you, when you break through on the other side, it is a beautiful thing. And that's what the Lord has intended for us.
2: Yeah, and we'd love to help you uh, grow as a person in your marriage and grow as a couple. And certainly uh, this book, Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage, is a great resource. We do have some additional content online. And uh, we have uh, details about our Hope Restored Marriage Intensives, which uh, Bob helped found and uh, runs. And we want you to be finding a place of hope and healing. So call us today, 800-THE-LETTER-A-AND-THE-WORD-FAMILY. or stop by FocusOnTheFamily.ca.
3: John, let me share one story, and Bob, this is going to warm your heart. It's from a Hope Restored participant, and she wrote and said, My husband and I truly received a miracle here at Hope Restored. Mm -hmm. Our overall experience was beyond our expectations. We learned that there is hope when thinking all hope is lost. Our relationship has been forever changed. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. And I'd that's that. to God's glory, yeah. and that's why we do what we do. Again, thanks for being with us.
4: Awesome work. Thank you.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, again, if we can be of service to you, call us. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family. And when you get in touch, please donate generously as you can. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family.